Welcome to the Join My League Football Podcast with your host, Tim Kaleka. And it's been a month since I've last sat behind this microphone, did my thing. Feels like way more than a month, but it's only been a month. I really want that to change. Heading into the offseason, uh, NFL offseason, I really planned on being able to do more stuff here because, as you know, there's always a ton to talk about or discuss or break down, even when the playing season ends. And thinking about it, over the last month, we've gone through the second wave of free agency, the Antonio Brown saga, the Le'Veon Bell ordeal, draft stocks of certain players rising, falling, rising again, the NFL schedule release, and that's just what was at the top of my head. I do, however, have a tentative schedule in my head as to when I will be releasing episodes in the future. Okay, so we're looking at, we got this one coming out today. We're looking at a post-draft episode sometime within the next week or two. And following that one, uh, we're looking at maybe July. And that's strictly going to be a fantasy football episode for you junkies out there. Getting you ready for your fantasy football drafts. Then I plan to do one or two toward the middle slash end of August. A season preview, team-by-team predictions, followed by uh, playoff and eventual Super Bowl prediction. Then, come September... I will be back to the weekly format, providing week-by-week, game-by-game analysis and breakdowns and the return of two of the more popular segments on the Join My League football podcast, the JF Stacks Waiver Wire Pickup of the Week and the Jimmy Conway Award. With the NHL and NBA seasons winding down, all that really tells me is that we're fast approaching the yearly dreaded June to July summer sports dry spell. All you got is baseball that time of year yawn and there really isn't enough time for me or enough nfl news to put out a weekly or even bi-weekly episode Uh, because as i've said countless of times in the past i don't get paid for this this is simply a hobby that i do free of charge unless of course you would like to donate in which case you can do that by going to anchor.fm slash join my league and follow the instructions anything helps and it's not required of you to donate to the jml foundation the Tim Lick Foundation, if you will. For those of you who don't know, Tim Lick has been my nickname since I was about 16 years old, and I think that's as good of a name for a foundation program that I've ever heard. The Tim Lick Foundation of Podcasting Pro Football Stuff Things, or something like that. Head over to anchor.fm slash join my league and donate today. All right, let's get started. Welcome to the Join My League podcast pre-draft party, if that's what you want to call it. The NFL draft takes place this upcoming Thursday, Friday, and Saturday from Nashville, Tennessee. And my original idea was to head up to Nashville for a couple of days, throw a real pre-draft party in Goodlettsville. It's about five miles north of downtown Nashville. Broadcast this episode live. However, due to circumstances beyond my control, I cannot make that happen. I was in talks to host an event at an anonymous location. But not only did they want a booking fee from me, they wanted to charge customers a cover for my event. It's a party. It's not an event. I understand you run a business, but where I come from, we call that rape. And I'm not about that life. However, as promised, this is the Join My League's NFL Draft Show, so welcome. And uh, before I get started with my first and perhaps last ever mock draft... Let me say that I have a newfound appreciation for NFL draft gurus, maybe put that in quotes, 
gurus like Mike Mayock and Todd Mache and Mel Kuyper. I spent the last two weeks of pulling the hair that I don't even have from the top of my head working on this mock draft that I'm about to entertain you guys with. And these guys seem to put out like 15 to 20 mock drafts every year. There are endless possibilities as, as to what could happen on the first night of the NFL draft. So the accuracy or lack thereof in regards to anything I present to you with this mock draft, let's just say it's bound to be wrong because this isn't a prediction. This is just one of millions of different scenarios that could happen on Thursday evening. This is a combination of what I think makes the most sense for each team combined with the fact that, let's, let's face it, some teams just don't do what makes sense come draft night. And that's a fact. And I'm going to get started right at the top. The Arizona Cardinals, they own the first pick of the NFL draft this year. So for instance, I have them selecting Kyler Murray number one overall. Why? Mostly because of uh, rumors and innuendo. Over the last week or so, we've heard rumblings that the Cardinals are no longer interested in Murray. But I'm not buying it. You can never, and I don't care what time of year it is, you can never ever trust anything NFL team coaches, GMs, owners. You can't trust anything those guys say, ever. But that's especially true the week of the NFL draft. The Cardinals can say all they want how Kyler Murray isn't in their draft plans Thursday, and all that tells me is that could be a, a smokescreen. That tells me he is in their draft plans, unless, of course, another team comes calling with a fantastic offer for the number one overall pick. But assuming no teams comes calling... New Cardinals coach Cliff Kingsbury has been linked to Kyler Murray ever since Kyler announced his final decision to play pro football over pro baseball. Now, do I agree with the Cardinals taking Kyler Murray number one overall? Does it make the most sense from a rebuilding standpoint? Absolutely not. They took Josh Rosen in the first round of last year's NFL draft, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with Josh Rosen. Granted, he was far from a Rookie of the Year candidate. He threw for a little over 2,000 yards, 11 touchdowns to go along with 14 interceptions. Nothing to write home about. But look, look what he had to work with. He had a defense that a defense that finished bottom five in the league. And, you know, with all the defensive talent in this year's draft, to me, that would be the most logical pick. Nick Bosa, Quinnen Williams, something like that. But also, the Cardinals had a running game that averaged just over three and a half yards per carry, which is good for dead last in the league. And his best receiver, while still productive, is 35 years old and has been playing football for 15 years. No help whatsoever for Josh Rosen, not to mention an incompetent coach who was fired after one season. The team was in total, complete rebuild mode heading into last season, and they started it off right. They got their quarterback. Now they got their coach, and this year they're going to turn around and take another quarterback and what, do they hope to ship Josh Rosen away for a few draft picks? Doesn't make sense unless you can strike gold for Josh Rosen prior to the draft. Because if you draft Kyler Murray overall, then trading Rosen, you're not going to get nearly as much for him as you would before the draft. This isn't a Madden video game, but I have a feeling the Cardinals think it is. And I have a feeling they will take Kyler Murray number one overall on t uh, Thursday. And as far as the second overall pick goes... Assuming Arizona does take Kyler Murray, it's a no-brainer for the 49ers at two to take defensive end Nick Bosa. Possibly the best player in the draft. He could play anywhere on the defensive line. And experts say he has, uh, he's got a more explosive upside than his brother, Chargers defensive end Joey Bosa. So Nick Bosa is, is the clear-cut pick for 49ers at two, assuming he doesn't go, uh, go number one overall. 
At number three, and this is where I make it interesting, ladies and gents, trade alert. That's right, the New York Jets make a trade with their city rivals, the New York Giants, for the third overall pick. That's going to give the Giants number three, and the Jets will get the sixth pick and probably a pick or two later on in the draft, maybe one next year as well. And it makes too much sense for the Giants not to take a quarterback here. Dwayne Haskins. The Giants front office, again, they can say whatever they want about how Eli Manning is their quarterback and they they still think they can win a Super Bowl with him and that he's still in his prime. But the fact of the matter is that is not true. And you'd be a fool to believe that. The Giants have to get Eli's successor in this draft. And if they have to offer up more to the Jets or whoever than the Dolphins or Broncos or Bengals offer up, so be it. Dwayne Haskins to the Giants at three. And pick number four, the Oakland Raiders. The first of three first-round picks in this year's draft for the Raiders. you got to beef up that defensive line. And uh, what better way to do that than taking a six-foot-four, 295-pound defensive tackle? The Raiders seem to be a mess in the front office right now, but the franchise cannot afford to mess things up any worse. They brought in draft expert Mike Mayock to make sure that they don't screw up any of the five first-round draft picks that they have over the next two years. Quinnen Williams is the obvious pick here. And fifth overall, I got Devin White, inside linebacker out of LSU, heading to Tampa Bay. White can start immediately and become the leader of a Buccaneers defense, which is desperate to find their identity. Number six, it's the Jets on the board from the Giants in the trade a few picks ago. The Jets had come to terms with outside linebacker uh, Anthony Barr in free agency. But Anthony Barr apparently freaked out at the thought of either leaving Minnesota or playing in New York. One One of the two. One or the other. He didn't put pen to paper. That's all that matters. And he elected to stay in Minnesota. But the good news is they received a couple extra picks in the trade with the Giants from earlier. And they're still able to fill the void at outside linebacker by taking Josh Allen sixth overall. At number seven, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Again, too obvious of a pick here. But the Jaguars have to find a way to keep their new franchise quarterback, Nick Foles, upright. They should select offensive lineman Dewan Taylor to fulfill that goal this upcoming season. At eight, pick number eight, ladies and gentlemen, we have ourselves another trade alert. The Lions trade the eighth overall pick to the Carolina Panthers in a package deal that's going to include the Panthers' 16th overall pick. Panthers at eight take defensive end Rashawn Gary out of Michigan. In all honesty, the Panthers could elect to go offensive line here as well, but I really think getting uh, Rashawn Gary at eight is too much of a steal to pass up. At pick number nine, we got the Buffalo Bills, and they will address their offensive line issues by taking Andre Dillard out of Washington State. Dillard can excel at the left, uh, left tackle spot for Buffalo as they attempt to make the playoffs for the second time in three years in 2019. Wishful thinking, maybe, but... One can only hope if you're a part of Bill's Mafia. Am I wrong? Number 10, the Denver Broncos. A lot of speculation that Denver's going to try to find a quarterback in this year's draft. However, they did trade for Joe Flacco earlier this offseason. And while Flacco, he surely can't be stated as a long-term solution at the quarterback position for Denver, he should be able to at least buy that team some time, at least a couple of years. Therefore, I have the Broncos selecting defensive end Montez Sweat out of Mississippi State. And putting Sweat opposite of Bradley Chubb to go along with Von Miller, that's a front seven that could be a nightmare for opposing offensive lines and quarterbacks for a long, long time. The Cincinnati Bengals own the 11th pick in this year's draft, and this is another team that people have been saying are in the market for a quarterback. 
Andy Dalton has been with the Bengals since 2011, and he's really been nothing but average. But I, I do believe he's talented enough to get the Bengals back to the playoffs at some point, but they just don't have a very good team right now. And I like the idea of rebuilding the team around Dalton more than any of the quarterbacks currently available in the draft. And that's why I have Cincinnati bolstering our offensive line by selecting Jonah Williams from Alabama. Williams can play right tackle or right guard, and he will be an immediate upgrade over whatever they have right now at either position. Number 13, it's the Green Bay Packers, who could, they could go offensive line as well. That would probably make the most sense. But with an aging Jimmy Graham, let's just say a lack of receiving options surrounding Aaron Rodgers, I think they take tight end TJ Hawkinson. And that guy can both block and catch, and that sort of kills two birds with one stone. At 14, the Dolphins finally get their man here. They signed Ryan Fitzpatrick in the offseason, and unless he starts the year off the same way he did last season, MVP numbers right out the gate for Ryan Fitzpatrick. I can only see this as a temporary solution to a position that needs to be addressed. They lost out on Teddy Bridgewater, who elected to re-sign with the New Orleans Saints to be Drew Brees' backup. Think about that. Teddy Bridgewater had a chance to go to his hometown of Miami to start right away, no questions asked for the Miami Dolphins. Instead, he elects to stay in New Orleans to back up Drew Brees. That tells you a lot about the New Orleans Saints franchise. But honestly, in fact, outside the Giants, the Dolphins are really the only team in the NFL that needs a quarterback almost immediately. I got the Dolphins taking uh, Drew Locke here. But if the Cardinals pass on Murray and either the Giants do pass on Dwayne Haskins, they drop. I think either one of those guys could wind up in a Dolphins uniform ahead of Drew Locke. That's what makes the NFL draft so interesting. Drew Locke to the Dolphins is just one of many different scenarios. At 15, we got the Atlanta Falcons on the clock, and in another obvious choice, the Falcons go defense. No doubt about it. In fact, the Falcons should go defense with the majority of their picks this year. Their offense is loaded, and it should remain loaded for several years. I had the Falcons going to the NFC Championship game last year, finishing atop of the NFC. They didn't even wind up making the playoffs. Got me looking like a real jerk. And the main reason for that was their defense. They opened the season last year in Philadelphia, and by the end of the first game of the year, they had already lost something like three defensive starters, and it got worse from there. Defense, defense, defense for the Falcons uh, in this year's draft, and it starts at pick 15, as the Falcons select defensive end, uh, defensive lineman Christian Wilkins. At 15, the Redskins have to hit on a receiver at some point. Drafting Antonio Brown's cousin, Marquise Brown, that's a step in the right direction. It's going to give the Redskins' new quarterback, Case Keenum, a receiver with ton of upside and an offense that needs a boost really anywhere they can get it. At pick 16, we're halfway home. The Lions are on the clock after a draft day trade with Carolina. And the Lions could really go a number of different uh, ways here. But really the pick that makes the most sense for them in this scenario is Brian Burns out of Florida State. They lost Ezekiel Ansa via free agency. And while a return to the Lions isn't out of the question, there's no guarantees. Finding a replacement for Ansa is the obvious choice. And uh, Brian Burns, he fits that mold. The New York Giants' second first-round pick is number 17, and the pick after is the Vikings at 18. In this scenario, the Giants already took their quarterback of the future. Now it's time to find someone to protect him. I think the next two picks, the Giants at 17 and the Vikings at 18, uh, they can be flip-flopped. Both teams need offensive linemen in a bad way. The top two linemen left are Chris Lindstrom and Cody Ford. 
I've got Lindstrom to the Giants at 17 and Ford to the Vikings at 18. At number 19, Tennessee. You know it wasn't long ago that the AFC South was the most boring division in football. And now with the return of Andrew Luck to the Colts, the emergence of Houston, and the fantastic defense down in Jacksonville, and now that they brought in a Super Bowl winning quarterback and Super Bowl MVP Nick Foles, Jacksonville's got to be a team to watch. The Titans seem to be the odd man out here. Uh, to be fair, they're still a pretty good football team. They have a good coach. They got a good defense, but they're missing consistency on offense. Unfortunately, there's not a lot of offensive value available at 19, so the next best thing is to take best player available. Add some depth, and you can never have enough cornerbacks, which is why I got the Titans selecting first corner of the draft, and that man's going to be DeAndre Baker out of Georgia. The Pittsburgh Steelers open up the final third of the NFL draft first round, and is it fair to say that the Steelers are in rebuilding mode? Because I think it is. And I think the best way to start a rebuild on the defensive side of the football is to take the second best inside linebacker in the draft. Steelers select Devin Bush out of Michigan. 21, we're starting to fly, and that's what the Seahawks do. The Seahawks are on the clock. They just signed Russell Wilson to a record-breaking contract, so I can absolutely see them taking an offensive lineman here. However, Seattle is known for their defense, and the Legion of Boom is dead. Dead and gone, all of them dead, and past their prime, and not very good, and not even on the team anymore. they got to find a way to bolster their secondary, and I think they begin to do that here by selecting cornerback Byron Murphy from Washington. And the Baltimore Ravens are up at pick 22. And to be honest, I really don't know what to think about the Baltimore Ravens anymore. They got rid of their best quarterback on their roster in favor of a kid who cannot even throw the football. They signed Mark Ingram. Okay, I think it's safe to say that the Ravens want to run the ball at least 80% of the time. And that's fine. But if you're going to be that one-dimensional, you need a very strong defense. But they let the heart and soul of their defense Go in free agency. You got Terrell Suggs. He signed with Arizona. And C.J. Mosley signed with the Jets. They did, however, sign former Pro Bowler Earl Thomas, who's coming off a season in which he broke his f***ing leg. I don't know. Back to the offense. The Ravens just want to run. So if that's their plan, they're going to need tons of depth on the offensive line. And that's why I have them selecting Eric McCoy out of Texas A&M. McCoy is a center, but he can really play any position on the offensive line, and that gives Baltimore a ton of versatility up front. With the 23rd pick in this year's draft, it belongs to the Houston Texans, and if there's one pick that I'm confident in, it's this one. I've got the Texans selecting Garrett Bradbury offensive lineman from NC State. However, if Cody Ford, Andre Dillard, or Chris Lindstrom fall, expect them uh, expect to see the Titans pick one of them guys. The Texans are a lot like the Vikings. As long as they select an offensive lineman, I don't care who it is, they'll greatly improve their chances of winning their division. The Oakland Raiders are back on the clock with their second first-round pick of the evening. This time, they're going to select running back Josh Jacobs out of Alabama. There is no clear-cut number one running back in Oakland, and if the Raiders want to help take some pressure off Derek Carr, what better way to do that than to select Josh Jacobs? The Eagles are up next at pick 25. Now, there's no real glaring holes for the Eagles to fill if you think about it. They're a year removed for the Super Bowl title. Last year's season, you can attribute to the dreaded Super Bowl hangover. They addressed their running back issue by trading for Jordan Howard, and they gave up next to nothing to get him. 
They could still go running back here since Howard only has one year left on his deal, but there really aren't enough running backs worthy of a first-round pick outside of Josh Jacobs, who in this scenario has already been selected by Oakland. That leaves best player available, and to me, that's defensive tackle Jeffrey Simmons. He's got a high motor, and in regards to his talent, he makes a case for being the top defensive tackle in this year's draft. But off-field concerns, it's got a lot to do with him dropping to the late first, early second round in many mock drafts, which is fantastic news for the Eagles. Winding down to the last few picks, we're at number 26. That's the Indianapolis Colts. Way too early to be making any kind of season-long or Super Bowl predictions, but the Colts are a lot of people's sleeper team this year. The return of Andrew Luck ignited this team last year, and once the butt of many jokes, the Colts' defense, they made quite the turnaround. As good as Andrew Luck has looked, or as good as the offense has looked with Andrew Luck, you can never give a guy like that too many weapons. They seem to be happy with Marlon Mack in the backfield. T.Y. Hilton and Eric Ebron are Luck's favorite targets, but why not give him another target? A six foot five, two hundred and thirty-seven pound target opposite of T.Y. Hilton. Does that sound scary? Because it is. DK Metcalf, who is the son of former NFL wideout Terrence Metcalf, he gets selected 26th overall by the Colts. At 27, the Raiders are on the clock again for the third time, and perhaps final time Thursday evening, and Irv Smith Jr. makes a ton of sense. The Raiders could have a chance to grab him at 27. They could desperately use a player that has uh, some people comparing Irv Smith to 49ers tight end George Kittle. Irv Smith Jr. has the potential to make an immediate impact and the Raiders should jump on the chance to get him should he be, uh, be available. The LA Chargers are now on the clock. Phillip Rivers is getting up there in age. There's been talks of them drafting his successor this year, but if they do that, I don't think it's, uh, it's going to happen in the first round. The Chargers have the talent to make a serious Super Bowl push. And using a pick dedicated to solidifying your future as opposed to, say, drafting Dexter Lawrence to bulk up the defensive line, that wouldn't make a whole lot of sense. A player like Lawrence available this late in the draft is a steal. Dexter Lawrence is the pick here. Pick number 29, the Kansas City Chiefs. Pre-draft trade alert. Now, this one really did happen. Just a couple of hours ago, the Chiefs traded this pick for the Seahawks franchise defensive end, Frank Clark. Great trade for the Chiefs, who need all the defensive help they can get. Frank Clark is better than any available player at this point in the first round. So this is a win for the Chiefs. And depending on what the Seahawks do here with the 29th pick, that's going to tell us whether it's a win-win for both clubs or not. And if you're going to trade a great defensive end like Frank Clark, you better have some kind of plan in place to replace him. But there's not a lot of value at edge rushing positions at this point in the draft. So what's the next best option? They could use a safety to replace Earl Thomas. And I think that's going to be Jonathan Abram, Mississippi State. Abram's got good speed and physicality, and I think he'll fit right in with the Seahawks and what they plan to do on the defensive side of the ball. But I do see a scenario in which case they do trade this pick once again. And pick number 30 belongs to the Green Bay Packers, a pick they received in a trade with the Saints last year. However... Trade alert! The Packers are going to trade this pick to the Oakland Raiders, who at this point will have four first-round draft picks. Why would they do this, you ask? Well, to prevent the New England Patriots from selecting Tom Brady's successor in Jan Daniel Jones. It's no secret that the Raiders coach John Gruden is very iffy on Derek Carr, to say the least. If the Raiders see potential in Jones and they draft him, and if Derek Carr struggles, 
we could see a quarterback controversy in Oakland. And that just makes all the sense in the world considering all the controversy in Oakland as of late. And poor Daniel Jones getting screwed out of going to New England for the dumpster fire that is the Oakland Raiders right now. Rough. And down to the final two picks of the first round, pick number 31 belongs to Super Bowl runner-up, the LA Rams, and number 32 goes to, of course, your Super Bowl champion, New England Patriots. Let's start with the Rams. The fact that I have Dalton Risner still available this late in the draft just shows how inaccurate I'm going to be. Not sure how I allowed old Dalton to slip this far down, but he should be available at 31. I expect the Rams to jump on him, and as far as the Patriots... How am I supposed to end this mock draft without another trade alert? The 49ers make a trade with New England to draft Juan Thornhill. And there you have it. My first mock draft completed. And I have to say it was kind of fun for me. And uh, the fun for you comes Thursday when you can watch the NFL draft on ESPN or NFL Network and see just how wrong I can be. I'm sure you're going to let me hear about it. You always do. I cannot wait. Up next for the Join My League football podcast, be on the lookout for a follow-up episode within the next week or two. I'll be recapping the entire draft, covering top storylines, post-NFL draft, the best fits, winners and losers, and all that jazz. Also, a countdown of the top 10 big-name players posed for a letdown this upcoming season. All that and probably more on the next episode of the Join My League football podcast. Stay tuned. Until then, as usual, like, share, subscribe, all that fun stuff. Until next time, enjoy the draft. We're less than 150 days away from the beginning of the NFL regular season kickoff. Bears, Packers, September 5th, just about 100 days away from preseason football, if you can believe it. So we're getting there. Stay patient. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next time.